Turn with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 32. Hebrews 11 and verse 32. Moses had died and now Joshua was commissioned to take the people of Israel into the land of Canaan. Now, first of all, following Moses would have been daunting in and of itself. Um, But uh, they had a great task before them, and God comes to Joshua, and he encourages him, and he tells him, Look, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Uh, Be strong and courageous and go up and take the land as I've commanded you. And then he sends the captain of a host of the Lord's army to encourage Joshua to go up and take the land. And of course, you know that Joshua did uh, go up and take the land. His ministry was different than Moses' ministry, but God greatly used him. Um, God wants us to be strong and courageous in our service for him. Uh, and, and we need that. In our day and time, it, it's, it's hard. It, it is, it's hard. When you talk to people out in the community, um, there are some who are open, but there are many who are closed. And if you've tried to talk with people lately, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I believe that with God's power and with faithful obedience to sow the seed, we can see people come into the kingdom of God, and we can make a difference for Christ in his kingdom. And uh, this scripture that we're going to look at tonight uh, actually goes through a list of names and then some just general situations uh, that uh, we're invited to, to compare and figure out who they are because he goes through them quickly. Um, and it could, some of these could refer to a number of different people in the Old Testament. But they're, they're people who have trusted God and accomplished great things by simply trusting God. Uh, sounds kind of like this morning, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but also, there are those who suffer for the sake of the Lord. And sometimes walking by faith isn't having the great accomplishment. Sometimes walking by faith is going through the great trial and and persevering and seeing God work and sustain us and provide for us in the midst of what we're going through and lifting up our eyes to the reward that's ahead. Uh, Paul said this light and momentary suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Uh, So, uh, praise God, whatever we may face that may be hard, the reward will be so much greater. So, if you go to a new level of difficulty in your life, uh, I don't know, hopefully we won't have any more 2020s in our future, but if we have something that's even more difficult, and we have things that we're facing, that just means the glory is going to be greater, (laughs) because uh, God has promised us that it is light and momentary compared to the glory. And so uh, we need to trust the Lord to be strong and courageous in faith and to persevere in faith and accomplish what God has called us 
to accomplish as his people. So the title of my message is Be Strong and Courageous. And look with me at verse 32, and we'll begin reading this. It says, What more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains and hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. So be strong and courageous. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to be inspired. We need to be inspired. Look, some of these examples, I love these examples because if you look in verse 32, you've got basically a who's who of the uh, cowardly, weak, and uh, making mistakes, okay? Uh, you've got Gideon. Gideon says, to the, the angel comes to him and says, uh, you mighty man of valor. Gideon says, what are you talking about? I am of the least tribe the least family, and I am the least in my father's house. How can you call me a mighty man of valor? And he says, well, this is what God's going to do through you. And uh, you know the story. And, and uh, Gideon has to whittle his army down from 32,000 to 300. And uh, people think, boy, this, how in the world is this going to happen? And the weakness is just, just very evident. But God says, if you'll do this, I'll win the victory for you. I'll throw your enemies into confusion. And sure enough, uh, as they bust those clay pots and lift up those torches and blow their trumpets, um, the Midianites get confused and they kill each other. And the battle is won. <laughs> Isn't that a great battle to fight? You don't even have to fight. You just see what God's going to do. And so uh, Gideon, if God can use Gideon, can I tell you God can use me and God can use you, right? Um, so be inspired by that. I mean, the fact that God can use weak people. Well, what about Barack? Barack, um, he, was, uh, he was the one who said, I, I'm not going to fight unless you go with me, Deborah. He's hiding behind her skirt, you know. Let's go to battle uh, as long as you go with me. <laughs> and uh, she says, okay, I'll go with you, but uh, you're not going to get credit for this. And so he reluctantly goes to battle, but he does trust God when God gives the command to go forward. And God gives him a great victory. So he, here's the cowardly one, the, the fearful one, the one who, who says, I'm not going up unless Deborah goes with me. Uh, the, the quintessential mama's boy, okay? He's a, he says, I'm not going up unless she goes with me. And he goes up and God gives him the victory. Can I tell you, if God can use Barak, God can use me. 
and he can use you. So be inspired. Well, what about uh, Samson? Samson had character flaws. Uh, Samson uh, didn't listen to his parents. He disobeyed God by interacting and marrying a Philistine woman. Uh, that doesn't work out. And then he, continue, he goes to a Philistine prostitute. I mean, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of deliverer is this? And it, it was a symptom of the times. And uh, as Israel got more wicked and drifted from God, their judges got more flawed. But God used Samuel. I mean, Samson. <laughs> God used Samson. And Samson delivered the people of God. Matter of fact, after he failed God and he, he told his secret to Delilah and they cut off his hair and God took the power away from him, um, he's, he's been blinded and he's chained to Philistine pillars in this big house and the Philistines are having this big party and all of the, the powerful people uh, in, in the, among the Philistines are gathered there. And Samson said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not worried, but God, would you please strengthen me just one more time? And God strengthens him, and he pushes those pillars down, and the house falls down and kills every last one of them. And God's people are delivered. Can I tell you, if God can use Samson, he can use me, and he can use you. So be inspired. Um, well, what about Jephthah? Jephthah was an illegitimate child of a prostitute who was rejected by his family um, he had a uh, some I think they were the vile fellows of the baser sort that went around with him but he was a pretty good fighter and uh, and so um, finally his family comes and they say we need your help we need you to help deliver us and so forth and and Jephthah makes a rash promise he says God if you will deliver this opposing army into my hands. Whatever comes out of my tent first, I'll give to you. What comes out of his tent? Well, he says, actually, what he literally says is, I'll sacrifice you. And so, who comes out of his tent after he wins the victory but his daughter? Now, Scripture doesn't explicitly tell us what he did. If Now, there's a whole debate about that. Some believe he actually put his daughter to death. Others believe that he forbade her to, to marry, and so he was sacrificing her in terms of his family line. But whatever happened there, he made a rash decision. He made a stupid decision to promise that to God. Um, and yet, God used him. So if God can use Jephthah, he could use me, and he can use you, so be inspired. Okay, So that's what I love about this. Uh, what a great thing. And, of course, who, who would fail to be inspired by David, say, the teenage boy David, standing before this nine-foot-tall Philistine and saying, uh, you come at me with a sword, spear, and a javelin. I come at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, whom you have defied this day. And God's going to deliver you into my hand. And he takes his stone out. Pow! And that stone sinks down into Goliath's forehead, and he falls over, and Israel wins a great victory. I love that. Who is this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Man, gets me excited just thinking about it.
Uh, God used a teenage boy. If God can use a teenage boy, he can use me, and he can use you. So be inspired, okay? Uh, so um, how do we uh, live out this be strong and courageous? Well, we need to be inspired. Secondly, be hopeful. Be hopeful. If you look in verse 32 again, you see, I mentioned David, but if you fast forward in David's life, what does David receive? He receives a promise from God. One of your descendants. First of all, I give you a house. I give you, uh, you, you want to build me a house? Well, I'll give you a house. It's a kingly line. Uh, if your descendants follow me, they'll be blessed. If not, uh, uh, they'll, be, they'll be disciplined. But he says, you'll have a descendant that will sit on the throne of Israel forever. He makes a promise of the Messiah. So, talk about hope. Jesus is coming. That's the message of hope. It's still the message of hope today. And whatever we're doing and whatever we're called to do, we can be hopeful because Jesus is coming. You may have failed today. You may fail tomorrow. But can I tell you, Jesus is coming. <laughs> the victory has been won. Jesus is going to be King of Kings. and He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but he will be declared King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. What about Samuel? Samuel started... Uh, through the prayer of a desperate lady named Hannah. It's such a dark time in Israel's history. Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas are officiating at the tabernacle, and Hophni and Phinehas were wicked, and God uh, eventually put them to death, and put Eli to death as well eventually. But Hannah goes, and she prays a desperate prayer to God. And Eli was so unfamiliar with, with desperate prayers to God that he thought she was drunk as he observed her there in the tabernacle. And she says, I've, I've cried out to God in desperation. And God, she said, Lord, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him to you all the days of his life. And through the prayers of this desperate woman, God changed the course of a nation. <laughs> Woo! Gets me excited just thinking about it. Samuel is born. And if you read the book of Judges, Judges is a de it's an interesting book, but it's a depressing book. If you really think about the message of Judges, it's about the downward decline of a nation. But its last judge is Samuel. And God, through the prayers of this lady, turns this nation around. Can I tell you something? If there's hope for Israel, as dark as Israel was, there's hope for America. Be hopeful. We serve a mighty God who has said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Samuel was a righteous man, and he led people uh, back to faith in the Lord and uh, to call upon the Lord. And uh, early in his ministry, uh, God delivered them uh, from the hands of the Philistines. And then later on, God used Samuel to set things up and to prepare 
the situation for David to come on the scene. Samuel anoints David, and the golden era of Israel's history comes with David and Solomon. Be hopeful. <laughs> By faith, God turned the course of a nation in a different direction. Call upon his name. So, uh, we can be hopeful because Jesus is coming, as uh, God told David, uh, because nations can change, as God showed through Samuel. But what about the prophets? God declared the future. Most of the prophets had a message of condemnation and judgment, but they also usually had a message of hope. Even though God was going to judge the people of Israel for their sin, beyond that judgment would come the Messiah. And God would restore the sinners and the, the broken and restore the nation and fulfill his original plan for them. Aren't you glad that God's a God who restores his people? I tell you what, uh, praise God that we have a God, not only the second chance, but of, of many chances, right? And, and he works in our life to, to take care of the years the locust has eaten, to renew us and to restore us and to give us a hope and a future. Um, that reminds me, the hope and the future reminds me of Jeremiah I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. You see, Jeremiah brought a message of judgment, but God says, I want you to know something. I have a good plan for you. On the other side of this will be restoration. There's going to be a new covenant. There's going to be a Savior who will come to establish the new covenant. You, know, you need to be hopeful. And so the prophets look forward to the future and God's future plan. Boy, God's got some great future plans, doesn't he? Uh, when Jesus comes back, uh, the second coming, um, to set up his kingdom, there'll be a thousand-year reign. Ultimately, there'll be a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem where righteousness dwells. There'll be no sin in that place. Can you imagine that? Uh, there'll be a place, there'll be a new Jerusalem, which will be a city the size of two-thirds of the United States um, with, with uh, 12 gates, three on each side, it's kind of a square. And uh, can you imagine the size of those gates if you got three on each side and it's the size of two-thirds of the United States? And each of those gates is a single pearl. I don't know what kind of oyster you got to find to get that kind of pearl, but it's going to be something else. Uh, the streets will be paved with gold, all of these things. And then this new creation, this new earth that God's going to create will be untouched by the curse of sin. Um, we'll be able to enjoy life as we've never enjoyed it before, to enjoy it as God originally intended. All this is part of the plan of God. We won't have to deal with the old sin nature. Won't that be a glad day? <laughs> uh, no more struggle. No, we don't have to deal with the devil. He's going to be thrown into the lake of fire where he belongs. And we won't have to deal with him again. So uh, be hopeful. How do you be strong and courageous? Be inspired. Be hopeful. Uh, thirdly, be confident. Be confident. Um, 
Look at verse 35. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's just read all of these. This is great stuff. Verse 33. Who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, or worked righteousness is one way you could translate that, I believe. Uh, also uh, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Uh, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. That's a pretty impressive thing right there. Um, can I tell you something? Our God's not changed. He's still the same God he's always been. We can be confident as we serve him. He is able to supply everything we need. Um, I, I was reading a scripture verse this afternoon. It says God is able to supply everything you need at all times so that you will be fully supplied in doing all the work of the Lord. Isn't that great? There's nothing he can't give us. There's nothing he can't supply to accomplish the goals he has given us to accomplish in this life. So we can live confidently. We can live confidently in terms of the fact that we will grow in our walk with God. We can have victory over sin. Uh, God can do things through us that we wouldn't be able to do in our own strength. Because after all, if you're weak and God has to strengthen you, what you do in your strength is something you couldn't have done in your weakness, right? Uh, that's exciting to me. Uh, so we don't have to look at necessarily at the, at the challenge and say, listen, I don't think I'm up to this. I don't think I can do this. Well, probably that's true. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But we can put our trust in him. And as he leads us, take those steps of faith. Um, that first generation of Israelites saw those Canaanites and they said, well, they're like giants and we're like grasshoppers. Right? We don't have a chance. Uh, I remember years ago we had an infestation of grasshoppers. Uh, I was about probably 11, 12 years old. They were everywhere. I mean, everywhere you looked, there were grasshoppers. And, uh, of course, I kind of liked it as a little boy. I liked to catch critters and stuff. And so I was going around catching them and, uh, uh, you know, doing different things. But um, that's the way the Israelites saw themselves. We're just grasshoppers. These are giants, and we have no chance. Second generation comes in, and they trust the Lord. And I love it. You got, you got Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who is, uh, by our accounts, would be an old man. But the Bible says his strength had not waned, his eye had not dimmed, and he looked up at the hardest place to, to capture, and he said, give me this mountain, I'm going to take it. <laughs> and in faith, he goes up, and he takes it. We can have confidence. If God is, now, if God's not called you to do something, don't go off half-cocked. But if God has called you to do something, you ought to go for it with confidence. Because everything you need, God can supply. Women receive their dead, raised to life again. I don't know how you get any better than that. So live with that confidence. Be confident. Be strong and courageous. How? 
be inspired, be, uh, be hopeful, be confident, be persistent. Be persistent. Second part of verse 35 says, other people were tortured. Literally uh, described a uh, stretching out to be beat to death is, is uh, what I was, as I was doing research. Um, they were not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. In other words, they're looking forward to the reward. They're saying, okay, you, you might be able to kill my body, but you can't take my eternal life. You can't take my reward. And so they persisted in obedience to God. Uh, Verse 36, others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. Um, I believe, uh, uh, I was reading uh, that uh, Manasseh, King Manasseh, had stoned uh, one of the prophets. Uh, Some believe Jeremiah was stoned. Uh, scourging, so he says they were stoned, they were sought into. Tradition tells us that uh, they were trying to kill Isaiah. Isaiah crawled into a hollow tree and they cut the tree in two. They sawed him in two. Uh, they died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Make you think of Elijah. Uh, you know, uh, camel's uh, belt of camel. Well, anyway. So uh, they were destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. This describes many Christians around the world who are being severely persecuted. Look at what God's evaluation of them is. The world was not worthy of them. How great their reward is going to be someday. It says they wandered in deserts and on mountains and hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. You see, it's not just the people who accomplish great things who are approved in their faith. It's also the people who persist in times of suffering or persecution. uh, Or who fulfill the purpose of God that God has assigned them to fulfill. These are people who will be rewarded for their faith. God's not got a, uh, well, this guy's more spectacular than this guy. He's not got a list of the spectacular. Those things don't impress him. The Bible says in Psalms that God is not impressed by by a horse's strength or by the legs of a man. God delights in those who fear him. And so, um, you know, I remember uh, there was a guy in my, in my high school class, uh, one of my math classes, and I remember he ended up playing for um, one of the pro football teams, the Baltimore Ravens, actually. And uh, his thighs were this big around. And, I mean, there wasn't an inch of fat anywhere on him. I remember sitting in, in a math class. I happened to glance over there. He's wearing shorts. I thought, good night. His leg's bigger than my waist. I was like, <laughs> That is so impressive. God's not impressed by that. Okay? So, um, God's not looking for the spectacular. He's looking for the faithful. And if God's called you to accomplish some great thing, then accomplish it by faith. And God will reward you. But if God calls you to endure something by faith, endure it. And God will reward you. 
Uh, years ago, uh, my dad had a fellow who came to him, and uh, he'd been going to the faith healers. He had this, this severe health issues. And this faith healer told him, he said, the problem is you're just not believing God. It's your fault that you have this, this sickness. Couldn't have been his fault because he's a faith healer, right? Just a question. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he blames this guy. And so this guy's got all this guilt and he's, he's worried about not, not believing God. And uh, dad told him, he said, well, sometimes God calls us to suffer in sickness. Some of the saints of God were sick. By the way, that happens. And so, you know, the point is we're called to be obedient to God where he puts us, in the place he puts us, doing what he's called us to do. And and it's not open to human evaluation. God's not going to call somebody else to testify about your life. Right? Or mine. We'll answer to him. We'll, we'll, he, he will evaluate us based on what he designed us to do and what he called us to do. And if were we faithful, God will, design, will do that. And so we just need to be persistent in doing what God has called us to do. Isn't that a relief? You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to, to mark off somebody else's checklist. You just have to be what God has called and designed you to do. <laughs> and uh, if you do that, and you're persistent in that, God will reward you, regardless. And sometimes those who, uh, the scripture talks about special rewards for those who suffer great persecution. Um, there are going to be some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in some of these places around the world where they're going to experience some, some great rewards. I hear sometimes, I hear theologians say, well, God's not going to, he's going to give us all the same rewards as if we have to have the consolation trophy. You know, everybody's got to be treated the same. That's not the case. Now, we all get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus, right? So praise God, that, that will happen. And I believe we all will receive rewards. But the Bible does differentiate. And it says there will be certain rewards given to certain people for certain things. And I kind of like that because that means when we face a special challenge or we have a special task, God will reward us according to what we're facing and according to what we have to go through for his name's sake. And you can't outgive God. That's true financially, but it's also true just in life in general. Whatever you do for God, God will bless you for it. And verse 39 and 40 says this. It says, all these were approved of their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect or complete without us. Was there something better for us? Well, there was a new covenant, right? We live, listen, we have a special blessing in that the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. Talk to Paul and Silas, right? You remember Paul and Silas in the jail? They're having a worship party. I mean, they're, they're praising God. They're, they're full of joy. They're just singing to God. And, and I mean, they're just having an awesome worship time. 
And God shakes that place and opens the doors because of what he sees there. But, but the Spirit of God was in there. Listen, their outward persecution could not steal their joy because their joy didn't come from outward things. It came from the presence of God within them. God has given us great blessings under the new covenant and, and the greater blessings yet to come when those Old Testament saints with the New Testament saints will one day enter into our eternal reward. And what a day that will be. Be persistent. Keep on serving God. Keep on being faithful because God sees what you're doing and he will reward you. Be strong and courageous. Listen, I don't know of a time, that in, in my lifetime at least, that I could think of a more difficult time to serve the Lord, but God is up to the task. He's able. So be strong and courageous. Be inspired. Be hopeful. Be confident. And be persistent. And God will reward you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, encouragement in you. Help us, Lord, as your people to trust you. Help us fulfill the purpose you've designed us to fulfill, God. Help us uh, follow the leadership of your spirit and to confidently step out and do the things you've called us to do, trusting you. And Father, let us see you work and move in and through our lives, God, to impact people for the kingdom of God. Help us to see souls saved, Lord. Help us to see this church revived. God, accomplish your purposes through us. And Father, um, we pray for those who are lost, Lord. Some who are attending our church, God. Some who are out in the community and uh, that you've put upon our hearts, Lord. And we lift them to you and we pray for their salvation. God, have your way in their lives, God. And if there's anyone here tonight, Lord, who needs to be saved, help them to be saved tonight. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a time of invitation and... Uh